Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's episode. We're going to take a little different conversation angle than we have in quite some time, but I think it's going to be really impactful to shed some light on why, 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 why we feel fasting is so important and so powerful, especially in today's world when it comes to our health. So that is the foreshadowing of what today is going to be about. I want to welcome all of the new listeners in. If you are new to the podcast, you've been searching for a specific topic, you found us, welcome, and encourage you to go back to the first couple of episodes and listen to our story of how Tommy and I ended up here with you each and every week, bringing content and conversation and nuance mm-hmm. and encouragement and shedding some light on the power of the fasting lifestyle. And yeah. as a long-term listener, we wanna thank you for continuing to be on this fasting lifestyle journey. I have seen an adaptation of fasting in all different walks of life lately. It seems to be becoming more mainstream. Some people still think it's a tad bit crazy, but if you give us enough of your attention, if you speed up the episodes and you listen to a little bit, uh, I think you're gonna see where we stand and why as we unpack some research and life applications. And today we're gonna talk about the underlying reason as to why it is so important to get your blood sugar under control and prevent blood sugar related conditions. Yeah, absolutely. Because that that really is at the heart of the matter, literally, because our blood sugar, our levels, our control of it are going to be big time determining factors in so many related morbidities and mortalities that we're going to talk about today. And Fasting is such a powerful tool, maybe the most powerful tool that we can have, that we can start moving these things in the right direction and start, you know, heading in the direction that we'd like to be going as far as our our health and our health journey. Yeah. So not getting, you know, heavier, less energy, more sickness, more disease as we get older, but actually obtaining health. and. First and foremost, the article that we're going to talk about today was from Levels Health, and it's a Metabolic Insight article. It was written by Jennifer Rainey Marquez and reviewed by Rich Joseph, MD. It was published on 8-12-22 with an update on 8-27, and it's about a 10-minute read, but it really hit me in that we talk a lot about the fasting lifestyle. You know, most people come to fasting because it's the new weight loss thing, right? Oh, it's the new shiny object. Oh, it was pomegranate juice, and it's this thing, and it was the South Beach diet, it was Atkins, and it was all these different stuff, right? But the reality was when I was reading this, I was like, oh man, yeah, this is gonna be a little bit heavy, but the outcome of today's episode is gonna be know that you have complete control over this, Mm. okay? You have a choice when it comes to your progression of obtaining health throughout life or just kind of letting it happen to you. 
And mm. fasting is a very powerful tool physiologically, emotionally, when it comes to the connection with food, there's all yeah. the different layers in there as well. And then we also want to have a conversation around medications that can cause unstable blood sugars, which you're in a catch 22 and we're going to unpack what that looks like and hopefully give you some encouragement and some action steps. And this is not medical advice. I'm just going to say this now, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll say it again, probably a couple more times later. If you're on a medication, we're going to talk about medications. Don't stop taking it without talking to your doctor. Okay. Sure. I'll yeah. give you some insights about my journey, your journey, Tommy, my dad's journey, share some of the things and the conversations you've had with some, you know, VIP coaching clients along the way as well. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that eight out of the 10 leading causes of death in the United States are directly related to high blood sugar. Wow. We don't even think about blood sugar a lot of times with, with a lot of these diseases that we're going to talk about, right? Like, Until like you have diabetes. Sure. But then yeah. is the conversation you ever even really had then? Yeah. It wasn't for my dad. Right. I can tell yeah, you that. Yeah. yeah, like you can get on the, the track of looking at so many diseases that are that are talked about a lot as like separate and distinct kind of things, but understanding that they all tie in or most of them tie into what our blood sugar is doing, what our insulin response is doing, how quickly our blood sugar is actually coming down after it does go up versus how long is it staying elevated that has a direct impact on the progression rate of a lot of these diseases or just the, the presence or lack thereof within the body, which is just mind boggling. Yeah. And it, it starts with that, that definition and the responsibility of health. And for, you know, I've seen it in my dad and his friends and his generation a lot is that the responsibility of health is put into the healthcare system. And if mm. you really look at the definition of health and where that disconnect begins is in my opinion, that we're defining the word health incorrectly, right? Mm. And yeah. health is not just the lack of symptom or a lack of check engine light being on, but yeah. the World Health Organization defines it as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Yeah. So you've got a blood work number that's off. You've got a cholesterol number that's off. Do you have congestive heart failure at that point? No. Do you have cardiovascular disease? Potentially depending on the type of tests that have been run or how long you've been experiencing it. But that yeah. is like the first sign that there is an imbalance. Are you sure. chronically fatigued? Do you have numbness and tingling? Do you have, you know, uh, unexplainable you know, pain in certain yeah, quadrants, right? Just something going on where you're yeah. like, man, I just don't feel right. Right. So yeah. when we look at the definition of health and the system that we have, the system is very specific about looking at one condition, one symptom, and treating that one issue, right? It's a mechanistic reductionistic type system mm. where the healing component of the body is that your body is a self-regulating, self-harmonizing organism. There's this entire thing called homeostasis. You've mm -hmm. got two sides of your immune system. They're supposed to balance out to protect you and keep you healthy. Yeah. And when we start getting off from balance, then we start seeing symptomatology and then we are unwell or unhealthy. Yeah. And the system that we have in terms of life-saving situations I mean, my goodness, do we have the best technology on the planet? But what we're talking about today with these eight out of 10 conditions is going to be the lifestyle induced. Mm. 70 to 80% of our disease in this country, we're not talking about the rare genetic conditions or the disorders, right? Right. Okay. You've got the gene that mutates. No, we're talking about the 70 yeah. to 80% of the lifestyle conditions in this country 
And eight out of 10, 80% of those are related to blood sugar imbalances, specifically diabetes. So wow. you may have diabetes, you're going, okay, well, what do I do? You may never want to get it, right? But the reality is the why is a lot greater than just because I don't want diabetes and have to go on medication. Sure. It's yeah, good point. the risk factor for all of these other conditions goes through the roof. And I'm just going to read them out and then we'll hit some highlights. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Quick point. One was that we oftentimes think about these diseases as like, yes or no on or off, or like, did the doctor check the box on my chart? Right. But most of these things happen as a progression and that's kind of slope. the slippery slope, right? Where, where we could find ourselves almost like, like a frog in a boiling pot of, of water as it kind of turns up. So we need to understand how these are connected so that we can be aware that as the problem starts to kind of rear its head, we can do something about it, or even better, we can prevent before we get to that point. And the other one was just the contrast between that word health, which has heal in it versus the word diet, our favorite D word that has the word die in it, right? Health versus yeah. diet, heal versus die. That dichotomy there, yeah. it just hits me in the face. And Disease, right? So disease, yeah. disease, unease in the body, right? So, right. yeah, that's a really cool point. I hadn't thought of it that way in a while. And this conversation almost seems like potentially out of place on a fasting podcast. You're like, oh, wait a minute, why? Well, okay, because yeah. fasting is a super, like, superpower, superpower when it comes to balancing your blood sugar and getting yeah. your blood sugars under control. And I'll tell a little bit about my dad's story and a couple points along the way. And then the medication component that we're going to talk about later is just to know that. If you are on these medications, we're going to encourage you to have a conversation with your doc about how to manage your lifestyle with this, because if you're on them, then you're absolutely going to have to make better lifestyle choices or you get stuck in a catch 22. We'll unpack that in yeah. a minute. It's that slow progression thing where you're going to be treating that one symptom and then in essence, creating a bigger problem on the back yeah. end, right? So yeah, yeah. When we look at the total overall numbers, 3.3 million people passed away in 2022, according to the National Center for Health, and eight of those diseases accounted for more than half of the deaths in 2022, right? Now, we're not talking about COVID, but we will talk about pneumonia here in just a minute. So when we look at the conditions in themselves, we're going to be looking at things like cardiovascular disease, which was number one in 2020, cancers, stroke, chronic lower respiratory diseases like COPD. Alzheimer's disease, also now being referenced as type 3 diabetes. Right. Diabetes itself ranks number eight, right? Directly related to diabetes, not the complications from diabetes. Yeah. Influenza or pneumonia and kidney disease. So there's also a conversation here about COVID, which became the number three leading cause, which prior to 2019 was renamed to covid when it's actually in the family of pneumonia. So wow. it was literally like part of this, even though they separated it off for this conversation, because obviously what we just went through never became more clear that we're sick in the high risk categories, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular yeah. disease, all of that. Your life was at risk because your body was in such a state that it could not fight the infection properly. So yeah. when we look at this, I mean, some of you are going, oh man, this is, this is a fun episode, right? Well, again, we're going to go back to insulin, right? Glycogen and glucose and blood sugar balance. Okay. Yeah. Because as we can exert more control on those main levers, then we can start to reverse 
what we've been inducing, right? If we've been mm -hmm. on the gaining weight or the declining health kind of journey before, and we want to reverse the trajectory of that, or if we want to prevent these things, because maybe there's a family history that I'm concerned about, like I have in mind, I have cancer family history. So I'm very aware, very cognizant of these kind of things going like, if I need a screening, I'm going to do it a few years before I might hear the recommendation for it. But I also want to be cognizant that these things are very related and I want to protect the health that I have because I want to grow wisdom over time, but not be faced with a body that's on the decline over that same time. I want to be enjoying life for a long term, right? Yeah. And if you're new to the podcast, Tommy and I's journey, me and Tommy, I never know how to say that properly. <laughs> Grammar police out there, give me some grace. Okay. Give me right. science. Give me x-rays. Give yeah. me, uh, you know, arthritic conditions. I'm good. Okay. But yeah. when it comes to the grammar on that, nerves that wire together, fire together. And that one is yeah. just wired in there. So it's funny because somebody commented one day, and every time I say it now moving forward, I'm like, man, is that right? You know what? Never mind. So yeah. to be clear about the COVID, what I was talking about earlier, the pneumonia is before 2019, it was named coronavirus infected pneumonia, novel coronavirus infected pneumonia. Mm. And then NCIP, and then it was changed to COVID 19 in 2019. So it falls into the category of one of these conditions, which was never more evident, like I mentioned. So I just want to be clear and not misspeak on that. So when we go back to these conditions and we're talking about a cardiovascular disease, high blood glucose levels caused by diabetes trigger specific pathways and chemical reactions, right? And these pathways in turn induce oxidative stress and the wear and tear on the cardiovascular system and the large and small blood vessels by deteriorating that inner lining or the endothelium. So mm. high levels of anabolic hormone insulin compound the effect. So when you have high levels of insulin because you have imbalanced blood sugar, then you are going to be compounding that effect on your cardiovascular system, which is going to be increasing the chance of strokes and cardiovascular disease. So yeah. now there's a key component here. Insulin also drives LDL cholesterol, which mm. chronic inflammation then turns into plaques. So if you are a diabetic that's on insulin, do you see the catch 22? Yeah. You're taking the insulin to bring your blood sugar down, but you're then promoting the proliferation of the disease that you potentially already have because of the metabolic syndrome in which type two diabetes is a part of. Wow. Trying to make one better and then making the other one worse at the same time. Right. So have you had that conversation with your doctor? Yeah. So then we can talk about the fact that if we look at the medication side of things, right? So the list of medications that can raise blood sugars include statins, okay? Well, yeah. so now you have the increased LDL because of the insulin. Let's say you're not on insulin, but your insulin is raised over the years. Sure. Say you're in the abnormal range of a fasting insulin test and your insulin is up. Insulin controls the processing of your blood sugar, right? So now your insulin is high, your blood sugars are high, you're trying to control them, your LDL goes up because of the increased insulin. Now you put on a statin and statin is believed to increase the amount of cholesterol entering the body's beta cells, right? So that interferes with 
the ability to transport glucose across the cell membrane, which is where your body tries to put the energy. It needs to be used by a cell, stored in skeletal muscle or in the liver. And it also reduces the activity of coenzyme A, which is the antioxidant, CoQ10, right? So Mm. if you're not on CoQ10 and you're on a statin, talk to your doc, it's probably a good thing to do. But that also affects the insulin secretion process. So in 2012, the FDA was like, we need to put some safety label changes on here that include increased blood sugar. Mm. So you're on a statin, your insulin's high, you're not a diabetic yet. You're not trying yet. to prevent cardiovascular disease, but the increased LDL, and then you've got the lever over here, and then you're pushing and pulling. So in this situation, one of the best things you can do, or one of the things you absolutely have to do is have a conversation about getting off the med. Yeah. But then you need to make a necessary lifestyle change. Wow. You just described a lot of levers and buttons and, and pulleys and gadgets. And I just, I just saw like monkeys going into the cockpit, you know, and just start like, just start knocking around on stuff because you don't even know what kind of anarchy is, is starting to happen. When I introduce all of these variables, I'm trying to control this one over here, but then this other one starts to go haywire over here. And at the same time, if, if I even understand that, that statin may be raising my blood sugar and I ask my doc about it, my doc is likely to say, well, that's just the risk that we need to take because we need to protect your cardiovascular system at this point. And so even if it does raise the blood sugar, then we'll deal with that if and when it happens, right? Because that's not assuming that I'm willing to make any lifestyle change or that I, that I understand that I could do something differently, right? Yeah. And, and now I'm starting to get painted into a corner here. It even said that the drug's benefits outweigh such risks. Mm, yeah. Well, as a diabetic, if you're going to go to steroid injection, they tell you to make sure you're monitoring your blood sugar because it's going to go haywire. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, well, so you need to have the conversation. But the problem is then is the lifestyle change. Well, how do I make lifestyle change? Mm. Right. Well, man, it ain't easy, especially if you're right. older. Habits. Yeah. I don't like change. I'm 40. Am I 40 <laughs> or 41? I don't know how old I am. And it's like, I'm 40. I'll be 41 this year. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not good with timelines and calendars, but right. it's like, okay. Uh, so what do I do now? Well, don't go on Dr. Google and ask best way to lose weight. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, all right, well, I'll start fasting. Great. Fasting is a way to like hack the system into getting you into a deficit, decreasing yeah. your insulin, but now you're on a medication. So now you're like, well, what do I do? Do I take women? Do I not? That's yeah. the conversation you need to have and feel confident that you can make the lifestyle change. And that's where the diabetes research shows that if you go low carb at the two year mark, your A1C is back to where it was and you've regained right. all the weight. Because your weight's back to where it was. Because your, your weight's back, to where, back to where it was. And right. Exactly. So and the lifestyle is where it was. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're restricting and omitting. So low yeah. calorie deficit, right, Tommy? If we break that calorie deficit, so you want to lose weight, right? Calories matter, hormones matter. Sure. Calories matter, insulin matters. Calories matter, hunger hormones matter, thyroids matter. Where you are in your premenopause, perimenopause, menopause. Mm. Are you still in childbearing years? Are you, you know, like there's a lot of factors. So now you're yeah. sitting there going, okay, if we're gonna do 500 calorie deficit to lose weight, but then you break that, the remaining calories over three meals and snacks. The insulin, the insulin spikes were so high that that calorie deficit may not even matter at that point because the insulin stayed so high that there's no there's no tapping into those fat stores that that's just how the body works 
So we're going to have to do something to get those insulin levels down. But if I'm supplementing insulin because my, my diabetes, my blood sugar is so out of control. Now I have another factor, you know, working against me right there. Hey, y'all want to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in and now back to today's episode. So before we go into a couple others, we're not going to go through the entire list, but the metabolic syndrome component of this, right? So abdominal obesity, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, high serum triglycerides, and low HDL, right? Mm. So that is associated with the risk of developing cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. It's all related. Insulin, by the way, we keep saying the word insulin, key player in a lot of this, right? Yeah. Right. So then if we're going to look at you know, things like beta blockers, right? Things that are supposed to lower blood pressure mm -hmm. by blocking the hormone adrenaline, right? And noradrenaline from binding to the nerves beta receptors. Well, they directly have evidence that beta blockers reduce insulin sensitivity. Insulin sensitivity mm -hmm. is the opposite of insulin resistance. We want yeah, our sensitivity want to be good yeah. because we want it to clear the elevated glucose. 
Well, what can you control in this situation? Well, you can control that you need to increase your salt intake and you need to decrease your carbohydrate intake. And I'm not saying all carbs, refined processed carbohydrates mainly, Mm -hmm. right? And to bring your blood sugars down, your spikes down, and to bring your blood pressure down naturally, not removing salt, but adding salt, right? So there was a big study that they looked at Subjects taking beta blockers, 28% increase in risk of type 2 diabetes. Wow. I mean, again, okay, we're trying to fix this, but now we're doing this. And now, so what's the key here? Insulin, blood sugar, insulin, blood sugar. How do we tap into that? Well, fasting is one of the easiest ways to restore that balance as quickly as possible. Yeah, we got to get better at our fasting, right? If we're going to if we're gonna make any any dent, any progress on these things right here. And like you just mentioned the, the calorie deficit right there with like like a 500 calorie deficit, let's say. But I'm, I'm not going to be able to to reverse like a pre-diabetic or a diabetic condition or, you know, needing to be on these medications by just like adding in a few veggies, you know, or dropping my calories, you know, a little bit and, and maintaining most of my same lifestyle that that got me to that spot. Like I'm going to have to do something that really starts to move the needle here. Right. Yeah. So just to highlight a couple of the others, just to make sure that we're mentioning them, and then you can obviously click on the links. But we talked about cardiovascular disease. Now, let me me finish up with the medication. Excuse me, the beta blockers, corticosteroids, right? Again, steroids. My journey Mm -hmm. was severe asthma. Advair, right, Tommy? The the purple disc? The little disc, yep. Took it a thousand times, yep. Uh Uh-huh. It's either an albuterol combined with a... With, with a steroid, steroid right? Mm-hmm. So decrease the inflammation in the lungs. Flonase. So open the airwaves. Right. Yep. 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 So a lot of the corticosteroids are prescribed for, you know, IBD, rheumatoid arthritis, asthma allergies. That's where it came in with me. Started to throw off my beta cell function. Yeah. This started in the pancreas, as well as immune function. Yeah. With corticosteroids. Yeah. Okay. So 27% increase in post-meal glucose on a 30 milligram of prednisolone, excuse me, an oral steroid, once per day for two weeks. I took multiple doses of those. Oh, yeah. I was I a, a snackaholic as a kid, chronic mm-hmm. asthma. Me too. Don't have asthma anymore. Me too. So treating one, creating another. By the yeah. way, I mentioned arthritis, asthma, allergies, all that other kind of stuff, right? So then we have our antipsychotics. Antibiotics, again, every little cough, cold, or flu, antibiotic, antibiotic, antibiotic. Okay, well, we're promoting short-chain fatty acids, and that's going to increase the hormone GLP-1, which, you know, can help with blood glucose and insulin secretion sensitivity. So the connection between these two is a little bit more sparse, but I can tell you personally that when I was taking my antibiotic post-surgery, my cravings were crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know how else really? to put it. And I didn't yeah. want to end up like Rob Gronkowski with four surgeries on a forearm because his plate got infected. So I was like, mm. okay, I'm going to do the surgery. I don't even have a pharmacy. I don't like taking medication. Not my thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll take it. But my goodness. I mean, I took my blood sugar a couple of times, one-handed, right? Yeah. My arm was in a sling. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, my blood sugars were like, I was waking up in the 160s in the morning. Hyperglycemia, blood sugar swings, cravings, fatigue, brain fog. Granted, I was 
feeling like crap anyway, because I just had a surgery. But then, you know, over-the-counter decongestants, right? So weighing the benefits and risks to land the plane on the medication piece mm. is, you know, having that conversation, empowering you to know what you're going to choose when you consume during your eating window. Yeah. How how easy is it to to like walk into like a ready clinic kind of place or or your doctor's office and and kind of almost almost have, maybe it's not the sniffles, but maybe it's like the equivalent of almost like the sniffles. And it's right. like, Hey, here's some steroids, right? Like here's a dose pack or here's, here's a round of antibiotics, right? Yeah. It's so easy. It's so readily prescribed. And I mean, it's, it's great to have access to that kind of medicine, you know, like when you need it for sure. Right. There's going to be something that I'm probably going to need to undo. That's just going to add to like a little bit of fuel on the fire. Right. And if I can understand that that's tipping the scales, Every time I do something like that, now I can understand where lifestyle choices really matter and it it doesn't have to feel so difficult or like, why would I do that? Why is it worth it? You know? Yeah. And that that's part of it too, is like, all right, if you have to take this for some reason, right, in a life-saving situation, well then know that your blood sugar is going to change. So know that your lifestyle is going to be affected. Know that your yeah. fasting lifestyle has to adapt to yeah. that situation. Great point. Now, if you're on these things long-term, okay, how do we get you off of them? Well, we gotta get the weight off. The weight in itself is a metabolically active, signaling, living, yeah. breathing thing, right? That you have to undo as well. So when, just yeah. to tell about my dad's story, he was on 120 units of insulin, 100 to 120 units of insulin multiple times a day wow. on 17 medications at one point, And they just flew back now They've been here for a couple of weeks and he's lost 60 plus pounds. His blood sugar nice. numbers in the mornings are no longer diabetic. His A1C awesome. on 17 medications by all mm -hmm. in this category of stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Metabolic syndrome, high cholesterol, beta blockers, heart stuff, blood pressure, yeah. all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Multiple statins, multiple diabetes medications, right? Yeah. Metformins and trulicities and of Short chips, acting, my goodness. long acting, mid acting. Short, yeah, yeah mid acting, uh, right? right? Yeah. So his A1Cs were always between eight and nine. Wow. On the medication. Wow. His most recent test, quote unquote, control. His most yeah. recent test, 6.6. .6. Wow. Off That's incredible. 14 meds. So he had to make a decision at one point. I was like, dad, do you sometimes not take insulin? He's like, yeah. I was like, when? He's like, well, my numbers are low. I was like, okay, well, do you want to keep taking it? No. Right. Cause it's proliferating the issue. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Get my blood sugar numbers low. Okay. How do we do that? Fasting. Right. Ah, <laughs> got it. And he hook, line and sinker, man. I am so happy to this day that he did it because wow. then he was able to not take his meds on the day that he fasted. Yeah. And that's a conversation you need to have. How do I get off of these things? We never hear people like, oh, got my blood pressure medication. Yeah, I plan on coming off on this in 10 years. Right. I'm going to retire from my blood pressure medication in 10 right. years. And here's the plan. I got it all huh? mapped out. <laughs> no. I mean, the yeah. system isn't have that training. Docs don't have that type of training. Sure. Yeah. It's so cool to hear those stories because you know, like, if you're getting told that, that you may need one of these medications, you know, one of our first questions is, well, how long will I have to be on it for? And usually it's like, well, until the problem goes away, most patients are on it for the long yeah. haul or forever, yeah. right? Yeah. And what's the alternative? Well, lifestyle change. 
Okay, well, how do I do that? I'll lose some weight. Okay. How do I do that? I've tried that my whole life. Right. Right? So not working. It's not working. Exactly. So just to hit a couple of the other ones that are on this list as we wrap up today's conversation, and we're going to go over some action steps for you as a new faster in the prevention world versus a, I'm already in this situation. Because Tommy, what is that? An ounce of, what's the phrase? Oh, yeah. Like uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. For sure. Right. At least. Right. If not a right. hundred pounds. Of Undoing it is harder than never getting it, right? For sure. So we talked about cardiovascular disease and the relationship between insulin and blood sugar. One of the big categories, the number two on this list was cancer, right? And yeah. the reality is, is I've done a lot of conversations and a lot of talks throughout the years in churches and corporate wellness and in private practice where you're doing a health talk and you ask the question like, okay, somebody asked a question about cancer. Like, okay, well, who knows someone in this room that's had cancer? Mm. And like, damn near everybody in the room raises their hand. Right. Right. So we know that when we look at the blood sugar relationships, there's an inflammatory component from hyperglycemia, meaning your blood sugar being high. And that causes several ways that cancer cells can thrive. Now, each cancer is different. The environment, the type, the nutrient density that it has, you know, some cancers feed directly on glucose, right, which pulls that away from the immune system, which can cause your immune system to come down. Oxygenation, alkaline versus acidic environments, Mm. right? So, but we do know that chronic low-grade inflammation can accelerate metastasis. We know that hyperinsulinemia is also increased. So hyperinsulin, right, uh, is Mm. increased cancer risk. So we know that there are multiple connections here with blood sugar. So what do we do? We need to get our blood sugar down. Same thing, we already talked about stroke, chronic lower respiratory disease, COPDs, again, inflammation-related, blood sugar-related, glucose-related, Alzheimer's, same thing. This is a big one. I want to touch on that just a little bit more. Diabetes, right, is number eight on this list. And yeah. then I want to touch on just the pneumonia component. So when it comes to the the Alzheimer's component, you know, I watched three of my, my grandparents go through mm-hmm. literally like declining through oh, cognitive yeah. disease through Alzheimer's. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm already seeing some of the signs in my dad and me. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Well, I was yeah. on the pre-diabetes train. Yeah. Right. So it's like we know that there's blood glucose associations with a greater risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. So there's research coming out. Right. You know, the earlier that type two diabetes is diagnosed, the greater risk of developing the disease later on. Sure. Yeah. So the neurons are literally resistant to insulin. Yeah. So how do we do that? Well, we we decrease the demand for the glucose need. We start getting into ketosis through fasting. Right. And you can undo some of that starvation mode, mitochondria starvation in terms of, you know, the plaque formation and the proliferation of the dementia or Alzheimer's. So there's a big component of, you know, a huge increased risk of of if you were diagnosed with a blood sugar condition that you're going to end up with a dementia or Alzheimer's condition as well. Yeah. Well, what I just heard there was you mentioned two things that really stuck out to me. One was some of those cancer cells, and then the other one was the the nervous system cells, those neurons and, and peripheral nerves. I mean, the blood sugar sitting at uncontrolled high levels for long periods of time are both feeding cancer cells that are looking to grow, and they're also damaging nervous system cells. It matters what the solution is that they're sitting in right there. And so as, as elevated blood sugar stays high and is is uncontrolled, it's damaging on one side the, the cells that we need to protect, and it's potentially 
feeding cells that we would never want to be there in the first place. So I mean, if, if that's not a reason to say, OK, right. well, what what do I do about it? Like, I don't know what is. Right. And specifically with diabetes, too, 90 to 94 percent of the diabetes cases are largely preventable and reversible. Sure. Yeah. And that's not my stat. Right. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> those are real statistics. Right. So it's like 34 million people have diabetes another 85 million approximately are undiagnosed with prediabetes or some yeah. type of blood sugar related condition. So, yeah, I mean, we're worried about like the next little thing. But the reality is, is that we have to take control over this. And the easiest way to do that is to control when you are stimulating that insulin production. We want to bring the blood sugar levels down. We want to bring the insulin down. We want to bring the yeah. inflammation down. We want to help balance out those cravings and give the body the opportunity to heal, prevent, restore, rather than continually just feeding the machine, right? Throwing coal on the fire. Sure. So yeah. when we're talking about actionable things for fasting, we want this conversation to be more of a, yeah, this kind of sucks because nobody is really talking about it when you go to your doctor's office. Yeah. So it's up to you. It's up to you to find people in your health corner and find a doctor that's willing to work with you on fasting or just make the decision yourself that I'm going to make the changes that are necessary because the statistics don't lie. And that's the reality. I watched it in my dad. I watched it in my grandparents. And I was on that path. Thank God I'm not anymore. Dr. Fung's books and the research and now the fasting lifestyle. So I want to give a couple of action steps, Tommy, and things that we can do tangibly on a day-to-day -day basis to make sure that we are restricting our intake and really working on that, that time restrict. We don't say we omit, we delay. Right. We delay, don't deny is where I was <laughs> trying to go. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I was working on yeah. working in real time there. You saw my brain, yeah. you know, smoking yeah, I, out of the years. <laughs> I love that phrase. It's a good one. And so like, if I'm sitting here and I'm hearing all these things and I, I want to get that ounce of prevention and I, I or I want to start, you know, moving in a different direction. Well, I, I need to start getting better at at my fasting or, or starting to develop some of those boundaries that start to encompass a fasting lifestyle or lifestyle change improvement that's actually going to move the needle here. So I need to get started. I need to start somewhere. And so if you think about it, like just your your first overnight fast, so like like um creating the the time gap between when is it that I'm I'm eating dinner or the the last time I'm eating during the day and I go okay well um, now through the overnight time which is my my highest um, potential insulin spike if I don't have good boundaries there so getting a good like evening routine leading from dinner to my overnight fast and then just extending from there can be a great first step if you've never fasted before and that can really create an opportunity for insulin to start getting a little bit lower. And then you can kind of like dial it up from there. And if you've already done more than that, you've been doing 16, 18 hour windows, something like that, you're ready to go into more of a one meal a day to drop insulin levels even a little bit lower, then head on over to the website, thefastingforlife.com, grab the fast start guide, get the mini masterclass. It's like 20 minutes of videos to kind of help you put one meal a day fasting into your day-to-day -day life. And, and that's a really, really good place to be and to start moving the needle, right? Yeah, if you're dabbling, hopefully today pushes you towards not fear yeah, and woe is me, but more of the encouragement that it can be done. Yeah, and take and action. Take action, right? And then small yeah. action, right? But like you just said, build on that action. It's those habits yeah. that create the lifestyle. So Absolutely. Losing the weight for me, if you want to hear the story, 48 and a half pounds in 50 days. Tommy, you're, I mean, 
I don't even know where you're at anymore. Yeah. You're like right. chilling out in maintenance <laughs> world, right? I'm still, I've still got, <laughs> yeah, I've got a little bit 70. more strong man, visceral fat belly to get yeah. rid of. Where you're at 70, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, just shorter 70 pounds. Yeah. yeah, losing the initial big chunk wasn't the hardest part. It's been sure. keeping it off, maintaining it, and figuring out the new identity that comes with the lifestyle. The lifestyle so I want to mention portion, two things. Yeah. One yeah. is the why, and I'm going to throw that to you in just a second. Mm. But the second, because that's where we started the conversation today, right? Why is this important? Why does yeah. it matter? Well, it, yeah. You need to anchor to something, right? So I'll, I'll ping that to you in a second. If you are trying to reverse diabetes and blood sugar related issues and coming mm -hmm. off medications, then I'm going to encourage you that intermittent windows and even OMAD isn't going to be for most people, the end result. You're going to have to push into those, that 30 to 36 hour point. And that's when mm -hmm you know, managing the meds, managing the social, managing the family and friends, the wives, yeah. the husbands, the partners, gets tricky. the kids, <laughs> right? Gets tricky. Yeah. And that's why we have the Facebook community group. That's why we do our challenges, right? That's yeah. why we have the coaching is because those conversations are individualized and it's impossible on a podcast with 1.6 million downloads to have those conversations with all of you. Sure. That's why we developed those programs. But as we wrap up today, Tommy, the why component of this to push you, right? To dangle the carrot, to yeah. bring you to the watering hole. We can't make you drink, but to go get that fast start guide, that why component is so important. Yeah, it really is. Like you really have to take a few minutes, think about why one of these things may have resonated with you or why you want to prevent something that family history from, you know, getting you or getting you at a, at an early age or, or whatever it is that you're trying to prevent. What is that? Why? Or is it the energy that I want so I can run around with my kids or my grandkids or live life a little bit differently than I am right now? A little less, you know, concern, frustration, anxiety, fear, a little bit more enjoying life, energy, and you know, just just feeling like I have things more under control, and I'm I'm working in the right direction towards health, towards <clears throat> heal and health, not towards right. diet and die. Right? Like, yeah. like, let me head in the in the right, right. direction here. Right. And if you want to you want to see some incredible wins, you want to hear more wins or more stories, go back to episode 100 where we just talk yeah. about as a special episode. We just did all of the messages and the conversations we have, and my dad's story and. There's hundreds of them over the last two and a half years. So go back, listen to episode 100, go to the website, thefastingforlife.com under resources, grab the Fast Start Guide. If you've mm -hmm. gotten the Fast Start Guide previously and you're like, well, I already have it. Well, now you have videos that go with it, right? So I'm talking right. to you through the steps. You can right. re-engage, take that action, get that momentum, get the result you're looking for. And Tommy, as today's episode wraps up, we're a little bit different conversation, a little bit different feel, but mm. knowing that you have options that you, you're gonna reverse the direction of the top. The top yeah. is spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, or you're on the merry-go-round and you just can't yeah. get off, right? So slow it down, take a couple of small action steps, go listen to episode 100, know that you have a choice, you have, you have the ability to do this, because there are other people doing it just like you. So absolutely. as wow. we wrap up today, Tommy, thank you for the conversation, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you. So, you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life.
While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.